the Recruitment Roller Coaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I've got a full house. I'm with James Osborne from the Recruitment Network, so thank you for coming in. Thank you. And um, also joined by Sean Anderson, my the, yeah. the CEO of Hoxo Media. Thank you, you for joining. You He's actually. Well, no, you've made time, Sean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I just I thought I'd plug it in early. But um, James is back from a nine man. I've got to get that in early, yeah, mate. Thank so you. Big, yes. big, huge congrats um, on that. Um, so yeah, as we were just chatting before, what? How the hell did you get? Because I see you everywhere now, obviously through the recruitment network, etc. But what, what's the story about you getting into the the recruitment world? Yeah. How, how did that happen? Yeah, sure. I, th- I think it's like most people. I sort of fell into recruitment, so. I spent a number of my years uh, traveling around the world teaching scuba diving and sailing, so nice. a little bit different from what I'm doing now. Um, ended up working in Australia on a boat, um, decided to move down to Sydney, uh, went into a recruitment company to get a temp job. Um, they offered me a job working for them, so I did some work with them. Kind of very long story short, ended up getting sponsored by them, um, working for them full time. Um, yeah, it was really good actually. Yeah, and um, had a really good time there. Did really well. Um, I then got headhunted across um, to work in another business for a number of years, which was a, a huge experience for me. Um, I got put on a board at a very young age, which was great. So I learned a lot. Nice. And then, um, and then about fourteen, fifteen years ago, decided to move back uh, from Australia back to the UK. Um, moved down to Bath originally, um, and then set up my first company, which is Energy, which is a consultancy yeah, and right. training company, and we, we still have today. And then um, because we we're doing so much work in the recruitment sector, working sort of with recruitment companies, well, we a just, lot of your clients for that business were recruitment companies. Yeah, I, th- I think because of my background, you naturally sort of gravitate yeah. towards what okay. you know and that type of stuff. So we had quite an eclectic mix of clients, but we did a lot of stuff with the recruitment companies. So, yeah, yeah. so we ended up uh, a couple of years ago, we launched the Recruitment Network, which is basically a business dedicated to helping recruitment companies grow, make more profit. Profits, uh, increase their shareholder value, achieve their objectives, whatever they might be, yeah, yeah. Uh, and ultimately outperform the rest of the marketplace. So, um, yeah, it's been a great couple of years since we launched that. So. Love that. Just, just a quick one, because I'm, I'm always interested um, to ask this question, but what did you have any perception, obviously, whilst you was on a, your boat teaching scuba diving, did you have any perception of what recruitment was before you got into it? Or? I don't know you knew about it, to be honest <laughs> so, you. Know, it's, That's it's, a crazy thing, right? Yeah, I, I think a lot of people do naturally fall into it. And I think a lot of pe- I've heard a lot of stories where people have gone into a recruitment company just because they're looking for a job. Yeah. And then the recruitment company say, well, actually, well, we've got a couple of vacancies here. You seem like a good guy or a good girl. Why don't you come and, and work for us? So it seems to be a fairly standard sort of thing, basically. But I didn't really know what a recruitment company did at the time. Um, <laughs> but when you, when you arrive in a recruitment company, typically, Typically, it's all quite glamorous. It all feels pretty cool. You know, there's lots yeah. of sales activity and incentives. And, and a young guy, you feel, you know, this is, this is the sort of thing I want to get involved with. So, yeah. so um, let's track back a bit then. So what? how did the whole concept of the, the recruitment network, you said obviously a lot of your clients were um, obviously recruiting businesses, but obviously there's a few people also doing this. So what? how did that sort of cultivate and what was the opportunity and... What was you hoping to try and solve for for your members that you have now? Yeah, for sure. So I think the the, the challenge I always felt, you know, we did a lot of consultancy work, NED work and that type of stuff for recruitment companies. And we, you know, we did well. And we, I think we've helped quite a lot of recruitment companies do do some great things, which is great. You know, it makes good money and, and a couple of exits and things like that. But the, um, the, the challenge you always have when you have NED or consultancy work is that it's one-to-one. Yeah. So it's basically one person talking to another person. So you only have one set of opinions, one set of ideas, which is, you no, know, if they're good ideas, then it's great. But I think the industry changes so quickly. So I think the ability for a recruitment leader to tap into other people, whether they be their peers, whether it be uh, other experts and advisors, gives them a real, a much wider breadth of knowledge and experience they can tap into. Mm. I think it makes it far more interesting. So the concept is pretty simple. You know, you know, there's lots of networking and eventy type things out there, but you know, the philosophy of ours was how can we get a group of really good recruitment leaders or really aspirational recruitment leaders into a room together, get them to work together collaboratively, support yeah. each other, bring in some really interesting people from the industry who's sort of been there and done that a few times over. You know, bought and sold big companies or you know, grown large organisations, and say so let's, let's all just work together for the good of them, for the good of the, each other, and also I think to an extent to the good of the industry yeah. as well. I was going to say, how did you pitch that? And Sean, you'll be able to relate to this. So when I worked in recruitment, and I, 12 months in, I made the decision that I was like, guys, we need, we should be doing video and should be putting out more content. The initial pushback I got straight away was like, well, what if our competitors see it? Like, now I was just talking about what we do, not even talking about our clients or anything. So how, how did you pitch that? Because from just working in it in two and a half years, working with my director, it was very much... You want to keep your cards close to your chest, mm-hmm. don't you? It's, it's that type of mindset. It's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not sharing. I'm not sharing that because if my competitor finds out, I'm going to lose business. So, yeah. how? Because 
when I when I've attended these events, it is super collaborative and people are open minded. But obviously, it wasn't always like that, was it? So how how did you how did you pitch that in a way? Because, yeah, I, I, th- I think I think there's a certain fear factor about people opening up about what they do in their businesses, yeah. but I think there's a real appetite for people to wanting to learn, and I think people accept now the fact in today's day and age that if you really want to grow, I mean, I mean, there's what thirty six, thirty seven thousand recruitment companies in the UK alone. Yeah. There's enough business out there, without a doubt. And I think, you know, if, if you've got a, a smaller group of who are working together, you know, we can outperform the rest of the market, which I think is great. So I think I think people generally, and I think as long as it's facilitated properly, I think people generally are pretty happy to share best practice. But what we found, and I've been amazed by this, but actually um, I suppose quite humbled by it, is the fact that actually our members really, really do open up. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's not come along to an event, say, you know, my business is great, I'm smashing it again, yeah. I'm smashing it's it again. It's, it's not about that at yeah. all. It's, it's not about who's got the biggest GP or that type of stuff. It's about actually, you know, I've, I've got a good business, we're doing some really cool stuff, but I've got some big problems and challenges. And, mm. and ultimately, you know, I can either sit there and hide in my four walls, my office, and pretend I know it all and get on with it, or I can spend some time with some other people who've got like interests, like challenges, and we can work together. And it just really, really works from that point of view, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's what you said there. There will always still be those recruitment owners. Yeah. There'll still be the type that say, "No, we're not sharing anything." We'll stay. But they're, they're not the ones that will join the network anyway. No, it's but finding the ones. In- yeah, I think so. And I think I think no, I don't think it's, I don't think this is particular for recruitment. I think this is any industry. You yeah. know, people think they've got the golden thing and they don't want to share it. But you know, there's only a few ways you can skin a cat in recruitment. I think generally, sort of stuff. So, you know, is anybody out there in the recruitment sector doing anything remotely or, or completely unique? I don't necessarily think so. Yeah. But there are people who are doing things a hell of a lot better than other people. And yeah. I think if you can tap into that, it's really empowering. I think, which is great. So, no, there's definitely an appetite. I think for I think for that. And I think the other thing I believe is that you know, as an industry, you know, the industry's changed a lot over the last. Well, certainly last uh, 20 years but certainly last five to ten years and i think you know we we have big challenges that we're facing lots of competition whether it be each other or, or the markets etc but i think our biggest competition is not necessarily the other recruitment companies in our space i think the real competition is things like lack of talent out there the talent shortages and things like that so i thought you were going to say ai then they, uh, no, 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 no no not at all but i think oh, yeah. you know but but I, but I do think you know if if we if the smart ones are working together to sort of try and solve some of these industries wide problems yeah. working more collaboratively with each other with, with their clients and stuff they've got far better chance of growing than if they're just sort of fighting for a little space in the co- little corner which is just doesn't make sense yeah couldn't agree more and I think obviously it's so much more common now and it's one of the how me and Sean started building our relationship but my mindset which came a bit naturally to me was I work in an agency of around about 12 people and I'm limited to that knowledge in those four walls yeah so like even if you're a recruiter of a bigger business you're still limited to what goes on in there and do you know what I mean so I think having that open mind is to reach out to people like yourself or even the network itself then it's just the right mindset to have because you could take away one thing someone who's been in the same industry but had a completely different journey that you could take away and apply to, to your desk and I think that's, that's that's it like mentors it's, it's so much more popular now well I think um, if you look at the rise of I I can only go back to I, I stopped recruiting in two thousand early two thousand seventeen, and even then I don't I don't think the the dem, the demographics of what I, what I saw on LinkedIn were anywhere near what I see now. Mm. Like back then it was still a lot of industry news and recruiters all pitching for jobs constantly telling others about yeah, what they've yeah. got. Um, now and and there might be an argument to say I'm looking at recruiters more than I was <laughs> looking at the insurance True. market, but still in general I think that especially LinkedIn is providing so much more opportunity to learn yeah. from other people and people are, everyone started to chip in with insights and information yeah, yeah. and then when you're on Instagram you can you can instantly see how other people perform yeah. you, you, effectively what I'm saying is you I think everyone's becoming more aware yeah, of, yeah. of what's going on rather than it just being about what goes on in the four walls of their organization which exactly. 10 years ago you didn't have the opportunity to look on your iPhone and look into the into the the office if you compare. <laughs> I know that's you a crazy thing. Well, this is it. But I mean, I think you know, go back a stage. If you look at any business as a business owner, it's a lonely place. Yeah. Um, and without some form of mentorship, support, someone to sense check ideas yeah. with you, whether good or bad, then you are shooting fish in a barrel a little bit. You know, you're sort of making it up as you go along, and that's fine. And some recruitment companies do incredibly well by just making it up yeah. as they go along. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, I can't help thinking that the more advice that you can get from people, if it's good advice and if it's live advice, like stuff that's prevalent to what's happening in the industry today, not necessarily stuff that happened 25 years yeah. ago, then 
That's got to be massively empowering. I mean, I don't, I definitely don't know it all, and I don't know how to run my business on my own. I've got a great board for that reason yeah, that we brought on. Tell us more about the, how the network structure, because I can remember meeting you, James, what was it, 18 months ago, maybe slightly, probably about 14 months ago, mm. and you had, I think you had less than 100 members. Um, and I came to the first huddle, and then I went to the retreat recently, and it was <laughs> like, Wow, this is this is growing so fast. But what's going on behind the scenes at the recruitment network for everyone who yeah. wants to know? Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, we, we've we've gone on a really exciting journey. So it's been just literally two years now since we launched, so it's been a pretty fast track journey. Um, on the mentorship side, we brought on some people onto our board. So we brought people like Simon Church, Graham Palfrey Smith, Tony Goodwin, um, some real heavy hitters who yeah. you know who, who've come from different angles and they have different aspects and different views about stuff. But collaboratively, it's fantastic. We do a lot of work with uh, the guys at Global Recruiter, Gary King and Louise Triance, a UK recruiter and stuff. And that gives us a really interesting insight into other stuff that's happening. So that's really bolstered what we're doing. Uh, we've grown our team. We've got some really interesting expertise in our team. Really, I mean, I've got, I think, probably one of the best teams that I've ever worked with. Um, who are just my team are phenomenal, and, and you've seen them at the huddles yeah, and the yeah. retreats and stuff. They're, they're just, and I've been to the office and, and seen it there as well. Yeah, it's great, it's and, great well. and we, we love what we've created. It's great. You know, we've got a nice relaxed atmosphere, but they, the guys are are committed to the purpose that we've got as a business, which is making a difference in the industry. So, so that's been really really cool. And then you know, when we when we launched, we didn't really know if this is going to work. Mm. You know, there are other things out there, obviously, and other things that you can do. But you know, we launched. Um, we had a, I think our first members meeting we had of actually about 45 50 actual members and um, we've got our next huddle so members meeting tomorrow yeah, yeah we've got 154 coming tomorrow or something you know and that's with some people away on holiday and everything else yeah. you know and it's just great but i think the, the other thing i've really liked about it is i think because we've because we're having a lot of fun because we're making a bit of a difference because we're doing something i think it's reasonably quite good um and we've got a really good bunch of members i think the um We've got a lot of people in the industry who want to sort of just hang out with us. Yeah. So some really, I, I think some of the greatest people I know in the industry who've got the right ethics, the right values, they've, they've got the right focus, they want to make a difference, they're engaging, they're interested to help people out, and they just hang out with us loads. So, you know, our sort of advisory team, our wider advisory team, is, is almost like 50, 60 people that we can tap into. And you see that when we have our taster sessions and when we run the huddles, you know, there's all these people there. You think, my God, this is like... I think, to an extent, the goods and the great of the industry, who all just seem to want to be there just to be involved in it because it just sort of works. And yes, everyone has their own agenda and there's a reason why they're there. But but at the end of the day, you know, when you bring all that together, there's a huge focus on just how do we all move forward? How can we help each other move forward? What's going on in the industry? How can we capitalise on that? How do we support each other? And I think it's, it's cool. I think so. Yeah, I think it's you know, as simple as that, really. So I think I think we yeah. I think you know, and I think the the growth of the industry, the growth of the network, which is the recruitment network, I think has happened in particular. I, I think we've just created a cool environment, and I think we we supply we supply so many services and support mechanisms for our members. The real reason why the membership's grown so much, I think, is absolutely down to the quality of the members that we've got. They're just a really, really good bunch of people. You know, yeah. there's there's not one member we've got that I wouldn't want to hang out with on the weekend type of stuff that I wouldn't want to spend a, a day in, in a room with just talking shop and talking about business because they're just a great bunch of people and they're really good. And that's demonstrative. You know, if you look at like tomorrow night after the after the huddle, we'll go for a few beers afterwards. You know, and you put your credit card behind the bar, expecting maybe twenty people to come along. You know, and like sort of ninety turn up. Well, there was some stragglers at the retreat. There's a few stragglers. It's always if you go a little bit too far, yeah. You but, made the, uh, the morning fitness. I'm an Iron Man, you see, that's what I said. I'd get that in again. But no, I think, you know, and I think that's demonstrative that people are just really enjoying it. And I think a big part of learning and growing a business is, is yes, we, yes, we're talking about here to make profit and all that type of stuff. But actually, you've got to enjoy the journey as much as the ultimate yeah, destination. And, and I think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people do sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's such a slog to try and get to this golden grail is it an exit is it whatever it might be but yeah. I think you can get there at the same time by really enjoying what you're doing at the yeah. same time sort of stuff so one thing I'd like to underline there with what you just sh- shared because me and Sean were talking about it recently was you said obviously you've created this team they're bought into obviously the mission and all that and um, we were talking about when we were Sean about playing for the logo right yeah, I, th- yeah. I, I absolutely love that so obviously I'm sure that obviously that could be really valuable to recruitment agencies because that's also something difficult to create, isn't it? That culture of people buying into the bigger picture, the logo. How how have you gone about cultivating that for your business? And I guess what have you seen that um, has worked in um, the agency world that people are doing yeah. to cultivate that? No, it's a really great question. I think, you know, I know for a fact my business will 
would be a complete failure if it wasn't for my staff. So mm. my staff are the most important part of my business, the more important than my clients, more important than me, more important than my board. It's the people I've got who run and do what they do. And if they're not fully bought into where we're going as a business and to making an impact, making a difference to our members, then it just it will never work. Yeah. And I think the feedback we get about our my, my, our, my staff, our team, um, in particular, is that they just generally really, really care and they generally want to help the members out sort of stuff. So that, that's really empowering, which is great. Yeah. I think if you look at... Um, we, we spend a lot of time with a lot of our members talking about their vision and their strategy and all that type of stuff. And I'm a huge fan of the sort of the Simon Sinek concept around yeah. start with the wine, all that type of stuff. And I think it's it's absolutely valid because, you know, you can sit in a boardroom and write a business plan and then go back out to the team and say, all right, guys, we're going to do a 25% uplift in profitability and hit 10 million GP this year or whatever the number is. Does that really excite people particularly? Yeah. It, it may excite some, but... You know, the ultimate question is what's in it for them, you know, and yeah. are they going to enjoy getting to that 10 million and so on and so forth. So I think there's a big starting point. You know, you, you start off with the purpose motive. What's this business actually really about? You align the profit motive to that to make sure that actually, obviously, it has a financial output. Um, but ultimately, it's about getting people who, you know, I was at the Bullhorn Engage conference talking a couple of weeks ago and, and talking about how do you get more out of your people. And it's not about slogging your people to death. It's about mm. getting them wanting to come into the office and doing more and making a difference and, yeah, do you know what? I mean, I leave, and we have tough days in our office. Any, any business does, but you come home and you look in the mirror and think, actually, do you know what? I just did a really bloody good job today, and I don't mind working hard and pushing myself to the limit if it means we're achieving what we came here to achieve, and that's pretty cool. So, I think getting people thinking about the journey of the business, where it's really going, what's the impact that you're making, and that's really important to me. And, and one of the things that I think is sits at the heart of most recruitment companies, and I think a lot of businesses is that it's the whole piece around output. I'm talking a lot about this at the moment when I'm, I'm speaking at different events and stuff, is about the impact, the output that we make as an organisation to candidates, to clients, and, so, and to each other. And I think, I think we forget that a little bit. We focus a lot on day-to-day -day activity, KPIs, yeah. process, and sales, and, and sales um, less about the output, the impact that we actually make. Yeah. When you start focusing on that, Everything changes. I think people's mentality changes. People want to come and work for you a lot more. Your customers buy into you a lot more. Um, you can charge more for it because you're talking about the impact and the outputs it's creating, not the cost for a product up front. It's a very, very different sort of piece. Do you think that somewhat is born in our industry from the fact that there's often a lot of top billers that are making money and they think they'll potentially make more themselves? And that might be the, the initial driver to leave and mm -hmm. do it rather than... What, setting up on their own? Yeah, so I think a lot of, from people I know, and I've dealt with, and even my mindset, which was a couple of years ago, was I could be making more money myself. And yeah. probably not thinking I could impact more people by yeah, myself. Yeah. Or I could, yeah. uh, it, there might be the odd one that's thinking about the service that their current company provides, and then that they don't agree with the values or whatever. But I'd say in our industry, there'll be a hell of a lot of people that think I'll make more money on my own. Definitely. And that then how will that impact the next hire and the next hire and then, then yeah, at some point you've got true. to pull that back yeah. and think shit we've got to think about values now <laughs> we're not just about making more money than we did for someone else yeah but I mean, I mean but think about that in context you know what an amazing industry where you know anyone can get into the industry anyone can make a lot of money in this industry anyone can set their own company up and be a leader in, in the business you know it, that's pretty cool that's pretty yeah. empowering mm -hmm. it has its challenges obviously because then you have things like standards and that type of stuff which is you know where, where people like apps come in and, and really hold their own but you know it's it's that that to me is wonderful thing about the industry it's so fluid it's so entrepreneurial which is, i think is brilliant However, there's a lot of recruitment companies, and you know, there's a lot of who don't do this, but there's a lot of recruitment companies who, or individuals who think, I can be a better biller, I'm, I'm making money, I'm a top biller, I'm doing three, four, five hundred k whatever it means, for this particular company, um, I'm a 360 biller, so I can sell and I can fill jobs, so why don't I just go and do it for myself and, and milk the dividends and, mm. and maybe build something or maybe just make a lot of cash. That, that's fine, that's great, and I think that's the job of the recruitment leaders to try and engage their staff enough so they don't want to leave. Um, but I think that's, that's sort of pretty cool. Having said that, a lot of them never make it because it's very, very different yeah. being a biller yeah. and running a business. They're two very, very different 100%. things. I, mean, it I is, can you guarantee know. they are worlds Well, this apart. is it. You know, and you think about some of the stuff that... <laughs> the stuff I did not know too. Well, this is it. <laughs> they think of some of the stuff that we do every day that you just think, like, I can't believe I'm doing this now. You know, this is not what I do, but I have to do it because I'm running a company or running mm -hmm. a business. So, you know, that, that's just a mindset, mindset shift. I think people can learn that, and that's where hopefully... the 
people like us can can help them with that sort of stuff. But you know, it's a very different piece, and, and a lot don't make it. You know, there's a lot of you know, what was it like I me mean, last year? Something like 800 new recruitment companies set up on average every single month. 818. It's, it's crazy, but it's cool. I think it's br- absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I'm interested to know how many of those 818 is still, per month are still yeah. surviving today and that type of stuff. And you know, or you know, or they set up with aspirations because now after I often hear I reason why I set my company up because I wanted to do it better than everybody else and do it differently. Yeah. And then actually six months into it, you're not. You're doing exactly what your old company did <laughs> in a smaller scale in your bedroom and that type of stuff, trying to worry about cash flow. So, you know, I, th- I think it's it's great that you can set up. It's great you can be entrepreneurial. It's not easy. Um, and I think, you know, anyone who says it's easy to set up a business and grow it and make it really profitable and sustainable is, you know, is kidding themselves. It's not easy at all. It doesn't, doesn't mean you can't do it, but it's just it's well, a hard slot. That was what I wanted to ask you. Was, I look at you as someone who's um, a thought leader in the industry, always, as I said, ever present, every single event you seem to have an opportunity to talk. And it's always a positive message. And I think that's part of your mantra, which is brilliant. But what... Give us some insight into, and, and let's focus on the recruitment network over the mm. last two years, because I've been around just a bit less than you, and we've grown quite rapidly, and I think people instantly, because of our social media presence at Hoxhill, people think we're flying. Yeah. The amount of people that text me, yeah. like, you're killing it. Smashing it. I'm like, have you seen the p <laughs> <laughs> um, And it probably, I mean, look, we, we open ourselves up, we show our offices, we show our client base, and we have, we have grown quickly, and, and things are good, but there's been some absolutely horrific days. Mm. Yesterday was a shit day, mm. a horrendous day yesterday. I went home, and uh, I was on my computer till 1 a.m. thinking... I've got to solve a problem. And then I woke up this morning and I had a two hour journey to meet you and I've all I've done is listen to podcasts to try and find out what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Right? And I've been selling for ten years and I still feel like I'm learning. So that's the question for you. What 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 pivotal moments or what's happened over the two years that maybe hasn't been all rainbows and yeah. and happiness and, yeah. and you can share with us. No, no, it's been a great journey. It's been absolutely oh, perfect. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. End, no, the, no. end the interview. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I mean, a couple of things. And, and firstly, I'm not a thought leader in the industry at all. I'm just very passionate about the industry. And I think they're two different things. I definitely don't know it all. Um, I listen a lot. I talk to a lot of people. Um, I speak a lot on, on, on behalf of the industry, but I talk a lot about the industry. I'm not a thought leader. I don't think anyone's a thought leader in the industry. Um, I think it's quite a flattering thing to say. But the... You know, I'm very passionate about the industry. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful industry, and I love the people in it. So, well, the majority of people in it. Um, yeah. You know, you always get a few few people you want to stay away from. But the, you know, I think it's it's a great industry, and I'm passionate about it. But, you know, as looking at my business, not looking at our members, but looking at my business itself. You know, we've had some tough, tough times in the last two years, like any business does. To me, a little bit is, you know, there's a whole load of things that we've done to sort of make sure we got it right. I think there's one side of it, which I suppose is the, the fluffy side, which is the is the mindset piece. You know, it's you can get hung up on so much rubbish when you're setting up a business. And to me, I'm fixated on where we're, we're taking this business to. So nothing will stop me getting from that, getting to that point. So, you know, suddenly, you know, we, we, we spend less time sweating some of the small stuff that I used to probably sweat as a small business owner. They're not important anymore. We just move on and just focus on what we're trying to do. So and I think a mindset's critical. Without doubt, and I'll go back to it again, the people are, are absolutely critical. We've managed to, you know, we've got an office and I sort of a 3,000 square foot barn in Kent. It's a really nice environment. It's in the countryside. I mean, you've seen it. It's lovely. So, yeah. you know, our members like to come down there. It's a good chance to get away. But I think we've created a nice, relaxed environment, which has enabled us to, to attract what I think are some of the best talents in our local area, which is not central London. It's Kent yeah, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, so we've got some great people, you know, and they have their challenges. They're human beings. They go through ups and downs in their personal lives and everything else. And our job is, is to support them on that. And you know, one of our big sort of values is about, you know, we're all human. You know, let's just never forget that. So if somebody comes in the office in the morning and they've had a bad night for whatever reason, and then, you know, let's embrace that and accept that and not say, well, forget all that, leave that at the door and just get on with your KPIs because that's not how people work, I don't think. So so there's a big people side to it. And I think we've, we've done really well engaging and, and looking after some great people. And I think we could do a lot better. I think I could do a lot better as a leader. Uh, so we're always learning on that point. Um, but then, you know, looking at the business, when, when we launched the Recruitment Network, one of the things we had to make sure we did, that it was a sustainable business as a startup. And if you imagine when you start the business up and you run your first huddle, I mean, our huddles are pretty expensive to run. Yeah, we bring in great yeah. speakers from around the world, good venues. We try and do it in a nice way. It's not cheap. So, you know, the first 12 months, we were losing money left, right and centre because we wanted to deliver an amazing quality service with all the additional support stuff to, at the time, a small group of members. So, right. actually, it just didn't sort of add up number-wise. But then you go through a pinch point where you get to a certain level of, of mass when it starts making profit, it starts making sense and that sort of thing. So, we had to get the business to be sustainable or, or to have a sustainable future, which is 
that's important. Um, we had to make sure, which is really important to us, that the quality of the service that we deliver to our first member doesn't get diluted as we bring on our 150th or 200th yeah. member because, you know, they still have the same expectations and they shouldn't be penalised by the fact that we're growing. Yeah. And if anything, they should get more services. So We're working on the same thing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So part of that is we, we've bolstered the, the offering with so many additional new services. We've got some really, really exciting things that we're, we're announcing tomorrow at the huddle, um, which are new services that we're going to give to our members, wow. which is going to be, fairly, I think, fairly groundbreaking. Certainly, as, as you a, always offer that as part of what they've already committed to. Part of their membership. Yeah, we, we don't want to, we don't want to keep. What, what I didn't want to do is set up a club where um, or a network where people come to these events and, and hang out with us. And every time they hang out with us, I'm feeling obliged to try and upsell them yeah. something else because then it's all a little bit like, well, actually, this is not really a community. This is just a marketplace for me, and I didn't quite like that. Um, there are things that we offer in addition to the membership, which are paid for. But there are things that we know our members need that they're looking for and they're spending any elsewhere. We can think we can do it a hell of a lot cheaper and you know, because of the scale of what we've got in, 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 in a better way. So that there is that, but but generally, you know, everything our members have a fee, they pay for the year. It's like it's five hundred pounds a month, you know, which is you look at you can work out the masses. Anyone's there's gonna be a rocket science to work out, you know. We're not making a huge amount of money out of our members. No. But the what they get for their membership is is unbelievable. And I think, you know, some of our members see a return after month one from their whole year of membership. Um what we're gonna be announcing to the membership um tomorrow, um, literally will mean, you know, that the, the value of the membership quadruples overnight I mean, it really really does which is great and we haven't even started yet there's so many things that we can do with this so so what's really important is to make sure that you know we don't just try and grow and sell more we make sure our members are happy they're engaged they're staying with the membership and the only reason why they would do that is if their businesses are growing and we're making an impact so we focus on how do we make our members grow how do we have a really positive impact on what they're doing um, if we can do that, they'll stay, um, and then hopefully they'll stay with us five, ten, fifteen years. Yeah. We'll go on a journey with them. We've got some members who are going through exits at the moment, going through some events. We've had a couple already. You know, that's you know that's not something we do because there's an extra fee at the end of that. It's because actually that's really quite cool. You know, that's sort of what we came here to do. So I, th- I think you know where. Where we've done really well as a business is that we've been fixated on our members, and we do everything we possibly can for our members, and we really, really do. Um, so that's been really important to us. But you know, we've had tough times. Now we've brought on, we've had members in the past that probably weren't right for the network, um, and we probably brought them on because we were probably chasing the sell as yeah. opposed to actually what we we're looking mm-hmm. for. Um, you know, and it's, that's fine. You know, but you've got to. You know, any of these things, you've got to want. You've got to want to make sure that you want to hang out with the people you're hanging out with. That's really important. So, if, if someone's sitting in my boardroom giving me advice about my business, I want to make sure it's somebody I want to listen to, that yeah. I get on with, that I respect, and I think can add a, a, make, make a difference. So, you know, there are times when there's been a possibly you know sort of a um, a personality clash between some people we've brought on. But I mean, very few. We haven't lost many members at all, um, which is great. So, you know, I, th- I you know. The challenge that we've had every challenge you could throw at us, whether it be you know competition throwing stuff at us on social media, whether it be yeah, you, you always you know. respond. I mean, we see stuff like that. There's various comments, but you never respond in a way that ever drives. You never you never show any emotion. I like that. No, it's it's, it's nothing to do. With it. what, what what people every, every industry has competition. Yeah. Competition are there because they're good at what they do generally, sort of stuff. So I have full respect for all my competition out there, and they're doing a good job, you know. But it's a different thing from what we're doing. So I don't feel the need to get into a bit of a battle with them about stuff, whether it's banter or otherwise. Yeah. I just don't think it's necessary. And I don't think it's particularly good for the industry, personally. Um, and we're just focused on doing our thing, you know. And if, if competition want to hang out with us and get involved with what we're doing, great, we'll have a, we'll have a conversation. But, but ultimately, we're on a journey and we're going to be focused on that. And, you know, I, I always remember when I was in... Um, when I started out in recruitment in Australia, one of the first trainers I had, you know, when we were talking about sort of, you know, going to, going into clients and talking about, you know, your competition and saying this, I want to do it at cheaper margins and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why should I work with you? And he, you know, the first thing he always said to me, and it always stuck true, is that you never, ever knock your competition. Yeah. It's a very weak strategy, I think. Yeah, I think um, so. Because competition are there because they've got market shares. They must be pretty good at what they do. So why would you knock them, you know? Yeah. Um, all you can do, and you don't really know what they do anyway, um, whatever, they, whatever people say in their marketing and stuff, is what they say that's marketing that's, that's smoke and mirrors half the time but um, to me it's about if you focus on your own business focus on where you're trying to go 
focus on making a difference. Um, competition will do their thing, and that's sort of fine, but you just stay focused on yourself. Never, never, if you keep looking over your shoulder or looking back all the time, you ain't going to go forward. It's as no, simple as that. Focus on your own lane. Exactly. I think um, just to, to wrap that up, I've, yeah, there's definitely been some intense days in there, Sean, in the last, since I've been in the five, uh, six months. And I think for me, and I didn't have as much of this in the old business I worked in because they didn't, they, we never talked about where the business is going. We had good people, but we, like, I naturally had to buy into, right, I am making a difference, I'm making an impact. But I think with this, what you guys have done really well, and it seems like you have as well, James, is, is just really talk about where we're going, what the mission is. And when you do have those shit days and you look around, you're like, you know what, we're all on this journey together. And I think it's the people part and also the, the bigger vision that you buy into that let maybe those um, minor setbacks in the bigger vision be okay <laughs> even yeah. though they feel horrible <laughs> yeah. well definitely and, and I, I must say there's one other thing and I, and I spoke at a conference recently about this I'm talking about whether recruitment companies need to go through a, a process of evolution or revolution if they mm. want to keep moving forward and outperform the marketplace and I think that's a, a real challenge for any business owner is trying to decide do I need to keep coming up with new things all the time which are the next groundbreaking things or do I need to just be bloody good at what I do today first mm. and I think sometimes we spend a little bit too, and I, I'm guilty of this because I'm, I'm quite creative I like to come up with lots of ideas and there's so much we could do for our members which is great but you have to sort of backtrack a little bit and say well before you keep launching new products yeah. and new things yeah. actually is what you're taking to market good enough in the first place is it really really um, doing what it should be doing and once that's solid and it's running and it's churning then you can start adding in more, exactly more things thing. yeah, some of our say. members like we, we, we well, I say members our, our clients when we we first went in there and we you know we're producing lots of great video and we're looking at these kind of how do we hack audiences on social media how do, yeah. we, how do we do all these cool things they've never thought of but these guys aren't even emailing people yeah. <laughs> and they're not they're, they're not they're not automating any part of their recruitment process and they turn up to client meetings without even a sales deck like they haven't even got a presentation to yeah. show the client or they're printing off like agendas for the meeting with like and, and then just grabbing a logo from their website on paint and putting it on the document exactly and it's because look the recruiters are salespeople. I was, I was the same um, and we're like shit we, 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 let's get the basics right first. Yeah. Let's, let's help yeah. these guys just do what they do today better Yeah. and then we'll add in all the, 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 the bells and whistles so we're, we're learning that that stuff all the time um, and that's been the same with us, you know. I think we, we've we've got a really good program now, and the member support program is great. It gets better every day. We're always looking at improving it all the time. Hmm. But I think we're at a good place now where we can start adding in some additional things now, which is what we're doing tomorrow. But you know, we launched TRM World two weeks ago, which is a brand new online platform which allows you know recruitment companies who don't have the time the energy, the DNA, possibly to come to these meetups and everything else, but to get all the value of the network from a computer you know yeah. from from, yeah, from, yeah. from a bit very, of software system. and now we launched it with our members and you know, the feedback's been really positive um, that's now gone live you know we're getting some amazing traction with that which is great not only in the UK but internationally so you know it's just a nut and is it groundbreaking no not particularly is it really damn good yes we think it is and it's I think it's bloody useful for a recruitment company it's cheap to use and it just sort of works yeah so you know is that a revolution no not not particularly but i think it's it's done something which has taken enhanced the current model for our existing members even more so and then allowed us to tap into other other um, mm. members around the world as well sort of stuff you know so you know those sort of things that's just tightening up the processes and they're not evolution revolutionary necessarily some of the things we're going to be doing will be fairly punchy i think but you know again it's not about are we going to launch something because it feels pretty cool and it's going to make yeah. us a load of cash we're launching it because it's going to make a massive difference to our members if it makes a massive difference to our members, that's our purpose motive. Of course, the profits will follow down the track. Um, but you've got to build. I think you've got to build a business which is f you've got to listen to your customers, work out what they want, and then give them what they want. Yeah. And then yeah. build something which is robust and sustainable around that. Yeah. And obviously, and then obviously profitable. Obviously. Yeah, we've, well, we've done that, and we've we've been thinking about. I mean, as I, I think I've told you on numerous occasions, we get a lot of questions of just what do Hoxhill Media do? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, there's a reason for that it's because we've done different things and mm. because it's relatively new to the market and we've probably not been as clear with our own marketing as we'd as we'd hoped um because you kind of the the shoemaker who's wearing who's barefoot right you, you're shoes, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're doing it for other people but we're firmly in that place now where we want to we want to champion marketing within the industry so mm. recruitment marketing and, and marketing marketeers within recruitment agencies as a, as a primary focus um 
we feel need to be supported, need to be championed, and need 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 advice, and um, whether they're working with us or not, a bit like the TRM world, there's mm. so much value we can offer, um, and we're just we're getting people are crying out for it. So Definitely, it's just, and it's bizarre, isn't it? Because I think you know marketing as a thing is still a little bit of a dark art, you yeah. know, because it because it changes and evolves so much, and it's no longer traditional marketing; it's it's more tech led. But, you know, for a lot of people, it's still a dark art. So we still don't really utilize marketing and align it properly to our candidate or client acquisition strategies. They're almost like two separate divisions of the business on different floors of the company. Yeah. You know? It's the same thing. It's a big chunk of the same yeah. sort of thing. And I think, you know, more and more people are getting that. The ones who certainly were embracing it you know, two, three years ago, they're the ones that you're seeing doing some really, really powerful stuff in the industry at the moment, recruitment yeah. companies in particular. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it's... I think marketing is critically important, whether you call it marketing, social selling, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all linked together. And I think um, it, it is the way that we buy and sell today, whether it be mm-hmm. candidates or clients or whatever. So I think you need to be using it. But but then it has to have, going back to what I talked about earlier about outputs, any marketing thing has to have an output. You know, there's, there's always that fear of marketing is about giving me an extra few Twitter followers and yeah. actually yeah, likes on LinkedIn. It doesn't mean anything. I think it's, it's 100% that. And it's, it's about saying, well, what what what's... What a lot of agencies do, and, and I mean, I made a video about this the other week on LinkedIn, and it got quite a lot of traction. Was so many agencies I meet, and I'm sure you have the same conversation. They they get to that critical point where they think they need a marketing person now, mm. and their first port of call is to find the cheapest resource they can find. It might even be someone who was on reception previously, or a, rec- a recruiter that's not billing, and they try and they say, right, you're going to do marketing, and that's it. Mm. So you've got a sales guy who's a sales guy, I'm very good at sales who's hiring a marketeer with no systems, no process, no budget, no 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 KPIs, no yeah. output. And you can see the six months down the line why that's going to have common problems. Mm. Um, so we want to help solve that. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen similar similar projects across the market. Yeah, definitely, you know. I mean, I, I, you know, marketing to me is something that you build a really good strategy, you embed the strategy well, you've done it yourself. and then you drive it, you know, but you know, it's that's it. That's it. It's not complicated, but you need to know the right people to be able to do it. You know, I'm not a marketing expert by any means. I'm luckily I'm surrounded by some really good people who are, I think, experts or close to it. And so, you know, we're doing some quite fun stuff, and I think that's helped us grow, grow the business as much as we have. Is that you know, if I look at my sales funnel, 40, 50 percent of my sales funnel is marketing led, mm-hmm. um, which is great. So you know, we've we've embedded it as part of our sales journey. Um, those recruitment companies who, you know, have a proper marketing strategy around talent acquisition, whether it be even for their own business or whether it be for candidates, you know, I see them making a massive difference. Yeah. But but yeah. it's got to be it's got to be good stuff. It can't just be um, just sort of painting over a crack wall sort of stuff. It's got to be stuff that's really interesting, and that's where. Yeah, I mean, hell, you can Google half this stuff and it'll, it'll come up with great ideas. You can listen to podcasts in your yeah. car on the way here. You'll pick up 10 things they've never even thought about doing sort of stuff. But, you know, I'm amazed at things like, you know, even little really basic sort of stuff. You know, I mean, we did this again in Australia where, you know, there, there's data out there that will tell you the best time to send a CV through to a client or whatever it might be. And yet we're not using that. So we yeah. don't use that as part of our strategy. Okay. But if, if, if the data proves it, then why wouldn't you do it? You know, it just well, we met a client not too long ago who's, who's literally been growing. I think they're three, four years in. They're growing rapidly. Like mm. looking at their sales figures, we were really, really impressed. And they've got one marketing guy who's he's in the, the whole two years he's been there sent one email mass mm. market hot jobs email, which every recruitment agency on the planet has sent either a hot candidate or a hot jobs yeah. email. Right? They won. They got three deals out of it. Mm. One email. I think the value was seventy five grand. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> And, and you didn't do it again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Never mind. Like, yeah. Worry about what you're doing with us, well, yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But come on, guys! Like, and then it's. But, but that's that piece, and we're now trying to come up with the next new crazy yeah, idea. Well, hang on, that one works. That Just one do works. more of it. Do, do it better. Do it more. Do it automated. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, cool. Sorry, Hisham. I'm taking over. That's all right. No, I, no. I think great conversation. I think what I'd really be interested to get your perspective of James, sort of stepping back. What What's been the biggest shit that you said? Obviously, things have been changed a lot more in the last five uh, years. Um, what what's been going on that you've been seeing? What's been the biggest shift that you think over the last sort of decade in recruitment that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I mean is, is it shifts? I don't know, but the you know the the, the the world of commerce, the world of recruitment commerce, is just changing. It's far more global than it's ever been. So, you know, we've got members who recruit in, in a tiny little village for the other side of the world sort of mm. stuff. You know, so we, we we're far more global, obviously, so we can recruit anywhere in the world. And I don't, I think. 
you know, with everything that's going on in the world, Brexit, you know, we can talk about that for, until we're blue in the face, but, you know, I think we need to be more global. Um, mm. I, think we, I think recruitment leaders need to embrace that because it's, a, it's quite a good strategy just to make sure you haven't got your eggs in one basket. Yeah. Um, we've got an amazing guy coming to speak at our huddle tomorrow um, who's really got his fingers on the pulse around Brexit, so we're really excited about that because yeah. no one really knows. Get but some notes. Yeah, yeah well. but, no one really knows, and I don't know when we will ever know, but, um, but what we do know is that we can make some strategies today that prepare us for whatever the outcome might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's important. Um, I think, you know, without doubt, if you look at most of the industry at the moment, we're a candidate short marketplace. Yeah. So it's more about the quality of the candidate attraction process and engagement process than it is, I think, the client process. Um, and yet, you know, there's some, you know, you, you can look at some recruitment companies, you ask them, have you ever actually tried to apply for a job via your website or whatever? And it's actually really, yeah. it's actually quite convoluted and complicated yeah. and not that easy to do, where people today just want to be able to swipe left, apply and for jobs, and then yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think that shifted quite a bit. I think, as we talked about, you know, the social world has changed how people buy and sell stuff. You know, if I'm going to go and book a holiday or a hotel somewhere, you know, the first thing I will do before I book it is I go to TripAdvisor, yeah. I would talk to my peers, etc., uh, etc. Et yeah, booking.com, whatever. There's well, exactly. so much information on there now. And this yeah. is what we do, right? So, and, it, and you wouldn't book somewhere if it had like a, a, a poor rating and that type of stuff. So that's how people buy and sell. So they do that in how they choose jobs. They do that in how they choose recruitment companies. So it's, it's getting that, pro, that, that sort of profile out there. Um, and then, of course, obviously, there's the whole tech piece, you know, which mm. is which is amazing. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I love it. I love yeah. the fact that the industry is any well, all the industries just about, but every industry is being shaken up by technology in some format. It's the future. It's what we're doing. We're in it today, and I think it's really amazing. But I think the there are still recruitment companies who are a little bit archaic, a little bit fearful of tech, so they're trying to fight against it to an extent, yeah. which is has to be the wrong strategy. If you sure. if you embrace it and use it. Um, to become more efficient, more effective, more agile, then that's got to be a great thing. I think. Yeah, I think a lot of meetings that me and Sean have been to recently, we met a lot of businesses that are setting up um, uh, their agency in America and all that. I mean, I'm mm. sure you've seen that. What mm. What do you think? The f- I mean, I've heard that there's bigger fees and um, uh, English people like to work harder and all that. But I mean, <laughs> what what's uh, what? Why do you think sort of a lot of people are, are going over there or setting up over there? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's just America. So I mean, we've had a few members um, that we've been involved with who've gone over to america and, and doing really really well and yes there are bigger fees and i think it uh, there's a slightly different style with an english recruiter maybe of an american recruiter yeah. and that type of stuff you know it's just different it's, it's, it was similar in australia back in the day so um but i don't think you know america's a classic place it's getting busier and busier obviously because everyone's yeah. going over there um there's some really fascinating countries that are really starting to come through and if you look at like the Indian market for example yeah. I mean it is just extraordinary what's going on in India and if you look at the growth of its GDP and what's happening in India over the next five to ten years fascinating place absolutely fascinating um, but not a traditional place that we, we probably think about offshoring or outsourcing yeah. to as opposed to recruiting in and that sort of stuff <laughs> um, so there's, there's some amazing stuff going on and I don't think it's necessarily I mean America's an obvious place you know, cl- classically you know most recruitment companies think of Australia America um, maybe something like around Switzerland or Holland or Germany and that type of stuff and they're the obvious places to go to or maybe a bit of Singapore um, I think there's lots of other countries coming into play now yeah. sort of stuff you know even some of the Latin American countries that were talked about a while ago and now seem to be really coming back into their fold again and you know these tech hubs you know a big, a big chunk of what we're recruiting is, is tech skills to an extent whether it be you know, you're recruiting in the digital marketing space well, a lot of the marketing candidates now are more tech focused and so on and so forth so you know I think these tech hubs are popping up all over the place yeah. Um so you know that's where the business is, which I think is interesting. Ireland's fascinating at the moment. We're doing a lot. I'm in Dublin at least twice a month, and you know some great recruitment companies in, in Ireland doing some really really cool stuff. So I don't think it's just America, um, but I think you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, America is a nice, an obvious place to go to. And it's positive. Um, it's not actually that hard to get into America. I think a lot of people make out it's really, really difficult to set up in business. It's, not actually, it's actually not. There's loopholes and hurdles you've got to go mm-hmm. through, but it's not as bad as everyone thinks. And, you know, we, we know companies that we you know, we both mutually work with who've done a really great job in America and are carrying on to do so. So, um, But I think it's really, you know, looking at the world for the next five, ten years, I'm quite interested in some of the other countries that aren't the obvious ones that seem to be seeing really interesting growth at the moment um, in every, every different types of skill set. So. Mm-hmm. I'd love to also get your perspective of because um, a lot of um, agencies that mean sure me they they there is net they always want to grow like they always want to grow their own business and grow their client base their candidate base but 
more often than not, we meet people like, right, we're at 30 years, when they get to 200 in three years, five years, or whatever, they always want to grow, right? Like, what, what is the most common challenge that you see of these agency owners? What, what's stopping, what are the hurdles, and the most common hurdles that you see that stop them from getting to where they want to in, in the five-year plan or whatever? Because what you hear about the growth plan all the time. Count. Yeah, or so headcount, probably more headcount, yeah. Talking about internal recruitment? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a number of things. I think I think the things I've seen that s- have stopped people grow a business is uh, back to the leadership is the DNA of the leader. Do, do okay. they do they actually really want to grow and yeah. are they willing to sort of go for it yeah. and that type of stuff? And I think everyone has their different opinions of what growth is. Um, just by the way, it's okay. You don't have to want to grow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, I think we need to keep growing to an extent just to make sure we don't slip behind. But it's, it's, you know, those recruitment leaders out there who are running sort of small companies who want to stay like that, that's sort of absolutely fine. It's, it's actually refreshing when they're honest about, when you yeah, meet people are honest about the size they yeah. want to be and they just want to make a hell of a lot of money and keep it nice and lean. Oh, well, I, know, I know a couple of recruitment companies, you know, they... You know they're making a really good profit, and they, there's four or five of them, and they all work from home. That's all they want to do. Yeah. They're ecstatic. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh-huh. there's a bravado thing like you've got to grow, you've got to be this really. Yeah. Um, so I think I think you no, know, you've got to have the right DNA to, to grow and understand what growth actually looks like. Um, without doubt, and it's a cliche thing to say, but it's absolutely true. Growth is around people. Yeah. Um, no recruitment company in the world will grow without good quality people. So there's a whole chunk um, in any recruitment company's sort of cycle which is about what is their proper uh, talent attraction strategy so how yeah. are you attracting the best people to come and work for you the best attitudes possibly over over aptitude we can train the aptitude but you know are you bringing people with the right dna into your business and are they going to stay and that type of stuff you know we had it in a business where i was involved in australia where you know we were phenomenal engaging people young raw talent training them up the most intense training for 12 months fantastic and then we lost nearly everyone in the year two so so the turnover was huge so we became a training ground for other recruitment companies it was like for free you know it's like they were ecstatic so you know we've got to think about how we find the best people retain them engage them and that type of stuff so um, you know that that's something will always hold the growth back and then the third piece is around having something which is a sustainable business so I, I love recruitment companies and this is very similar to the tech world where we're, we're building things which are software as a service with this monthly recurring revenue and that type of stuff so where I call, I call it the machine of a recruitment company where you've got something that's continuously just churning 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 all the time it doesn't have to be a contract book necessarily it could be low low level roles that you're easier to fill or whatever or another service line but you have something which is continuously churning so the the high value quite sexy stuff that we really want to do comes and goes because it's more mm. intense that type of stuff higher value but if you d- drop a few of those you've still got enough cash coming in and I think that sustainability piece is really really important that machine yeah. of your business um, but you know without doubt out of all those three things is people is you know you've got to find the right people and you go back to cobbler's shoes you know a lot of recruitment companies aren't particularly fantastic at recruiting for themselves mm. um you know we don't and i was, I was talking to someone yesterday actually and just talking about their their big growth plans i think they wanted 24 new people this year in the next 12 months or in 2019 they haven't even got a work for us page on their website yeah so how are you going to do it well we're going to use rectorex and stuff okay well that's not particularly a a proactive strategy nothing wrong with using Retrex if that's your strategy but you've got to own it and you've got to have yeah. a, a strategy to make that happen Most of the, one thing I've seen about the, the Retrex market or, or engaging Retrex market is that's absolutely fine I get it I, I, you only pay when you get someone on, in, in the seat I, it can make, but what you're not what what most recruitment companies don't do is actually engage the rector rec with any information. Yeah. They don't give them any collateral. They don't they don't even tell them what their kind of USPs or story is. They just say, quick call, we want this person, ideally someone who's three years recruiter, made yeah. half a million last year. Yeah. But whatever. So when but there's no, there's no already, isn't there? So, so, we, so we complain as recruiters that our clients won't work with us on a retained basis no. and they're contingent and we don't get their time yeah, of the day. The and then we go back to the retro, we want the cheapest margin, we'll do it on a contingent, I don't want to do it on a retained basis. And I don't want to talk to you about it, I don't want to give you any information. <laughs> this is it. But then I know, I know some amazing recruitment companies who don't have problems attracting staff and they're using rec to rex but they have retained the setup with them and yeah. they're paying high fees because they're top of mind, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it's the same, same anything, you know. It's just about being, thinking smart. Yeah. But it is, but it's about thinking about growing a business rather than just growing um, turnover. The two different things. Because yeah. you, you, know, you can't grow a business without a growth plan. Um, and, that, and a growth plan includes attraction of staff, engagement of staff, retention of staff, and that type of stuff, as much as it is about KPIs, sales figures, and everything else. You need both, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
but you can't have one without the other. They, they have to both be in play. And we're pretty good at focusing on revenue and sales and yeah. turnover yeah. and less so about some of the people side of yeah. things. I think, um, just a quick one with that, because I know me and Sean have spoken about it, but I think a big thing with that as well is like, when you're a recruiter, you know about that gut feeling of that candidate who's right, that client who, nah, he's lying. And like, I think a lot of people just rely on getting in a WeWork office or getting some beanbags, getting a table tennis table, and they think they're going to be able to, people have queuing up the door to work for them. And I think, again, you mentioned it, it's a, the people part, it's the stories that we want to hear about. It's uh, looking at their website and going, you know what, he's, he's familiar to me and he's similar to me. And I think that that's where a lot of people are going wrong as well. Um, but before we before we finish, then um, one question I always ask uh, two questions on Ash actually. I'd uh, love to get your thoughts. So first one, um, one of my colleagues asked me this question, and I really like it. So um, if I was a recruiter, and, and if you was a recruiter, um, got back on the phones, etc., knowing what you do now, um, and LinkedIn was to go down tomorrow, <laughs> how how would you, how would you start building your recruitment desk? Like what what would you, what would be your go to? From a client or candidate point of view? Just in general, like, what, what, what do you think you'd double down on if LinkedIn was to shut down tomorrow? Well, we couldn't survive without LinkedIn. <laughs> stuff. No. no, I mean, if you, go, if you go back to Recruitment 101, which is how it always started and it doesn't change and it will never change, is you, the way I was always taught recruitment is that you start off with you find a great candidate and then you build out the network of that candidate. So yeah. you, you talk to that candidate, who else they know, you bleed them for data, information, insights, you find out about their network and you expand that way. So, you know, LinkedIn is just a CRM. It's a pretty good CRM, don't get me wrong. It is open source in the sense that everyone else has got a copy of it. So, yeah. you know, it's not a unique CRM. But at the end of the day, um, if you've got a great candidate, the way recruitment has always started, you find a great candidate, you take them to market, you, ex- you exercise their network and everything else goes with that. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned a really interesting point is about, you know, picking up the phone. Yeah. Is that we're pretty good these days at hiding behind software systems and tech and For emails sure. and everything else. And actually, I think, you know, it never, ever, ever will change that great recruiters are the ones who are, aren't telephobic. They'll pick up the phone to pick anybody phone, at any yeah, stage yeah. and have conversations with people. Yeah, you know. definitely. And that's so important. I get frustrated with people. Just, you know, you've got a question to ask. We text each other. Yeah. Just go and ask them the question. <laughs> just don't talk to people. Because yeah. you know, let, let's never forget, in the day and age of technology, we are still a very human side to what yeah, we do. And, and I think if we forget that, then we miss everything. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So last question. Um, basically, if, if you was able to communicate to every single person in the industry and they'd listen to, to James they'd implement your advice tomorrow mm-hmm. what would you say it could be a sentence could be one word um, what would you say if they were to listen as a recruitment leader yeah just well just anything so if, if the whole recruitment industry would listen to you and you've got some advice for them, right? And yeah. they'd implement what you'd say. Mm-hmm. As I said, it can be a sentence, uh, one word. What, what springs to mind? I, th- I think that the main thing for me, and this is the advice I give to everybody I talk to, especially at consultant level, is that um, we should never um, be subservient for what we do. We are we work in collaboration and partnership with our customers and our candidates. We're not a supplier to our clients. And I think if you can change that mindset and mentality, um, everything changes. Yeah, I like it. All right, well, it's been a pleasure, guys. And uh, thanks for coming in again, James. No, cheers, thanks thank you. Down. Yeah, thanks for coming in, mate. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll get you on again in the future, I'm sure. Fantastic. Thanks, guys.